go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Greetings, fellow galactic travelers, and welcome to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here to my side in the command center and circling Planet 8, as always, in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. Today's mission takes us to explore the Infinity Wars. We're going to go over to Karen in the satellite. And Karen, could you give us an overall uh, idea of what it is that you saw uh, when you went to the movie uh, for Infinity War? Sure, Larry. So I'd like to say, so my, my overall impression um, from going to see Avengers Infinity War um, three times now, because it's just so huge, you actually need several viewings to really take it all in. Um, I think that my takeaway is that it, it, it just has this amazing scope. Um, obviously, you know, you've got something like, I think, 29 different um, heroes in this. Um, it's a visual spectacle. Um, certainly, um, as a longtime uh, comic book fan and, a, and, and as in particular a Marvel um, zombie for, for all of my life, um, this is sort of the fruition of all those uh, dreams we had as kids, you know, of reading comic books and, and reading all these great stories, um, whether it was like Infinity Gauntlet or some of Jim Starlin's earlier work or, or things from Stanley and Jack Kirby, all these great cosmic spectacles. They, they have actually managed to get that on screen now. So that was really impressive. And taking that all in, um, it, it was like a dream fulfillment for, for, for me. Um, but this is really um, Thanos' story. It's really the villain's story. And so um, on one hand, it was a, a little bit um, less fulfilling in that we don't get a lot of time with some of the characters that we've um, gotten to know over this 10 years of Marvel um, universe building. You know, there weren't as many of those great character or emotional moments that we usually get with our heroes um, so, so that was a little bit of a letdown in some ways, but there are some really great moments for certain characters, particularly, I think Thor got his due in this movie. Um, and then other people kind of seemed like they jumped over some things, um, for some people. Um, but overall, um, my feeling leaving this movie, I mean, certainly at the end of it and, and, you know, we're talking spoilers here, um, it was like a gut punch. I mean, I, I was I was in a theater in Kansas City, um, not my my home base. Obviously, I had to use the, you know, uh, transporter system to get there. But um, I'm sitting in this theater with uh, some some colleagues, and everyone is silent. I mean, everybody the jaw dropped at the end of that movie. Um, because uh, it was such a gut punch. And it did remind me quite a bit. I know other people have said this. It reminded me of Empire Strikes Back because it was just such a, a downer um, 
at the end, you know, and and I know Avengers 4, a lot of things will probably turn around, but um, certainly a different tone. Even at the very beginning of the movie, there was no opening Marvel fanfare. So it, it told you, like, this is going to be different. So, um, you know, kudos to Marvel for taking a, a, a chance on a movie that could really um, – you know, turn people off, but obviously with the the box office that hasn't had that effect, people are going yes. in droves. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Um, hey, engineer Bob, what did you think? Let Let me chime in real quick. I'm sorry. Before Bob goes, um, we're doing this on the cuff, and so I should say there's going to be spoiler alerts today's pod in today's podcast. So. Um, now back to Bob. Yes. So if you didn't know it was sad, sorry guys. It's really <laughs> now you do. <laughs> now you know. And, and we're giving you spoiler alerts because Bob's going to spoil the heck out of it now. Yeah. Spoiler. 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 Oh, yeah. So uh, no, I thought they did a really great job, and I'm really glad with all these characters that they gave everyone in the audience credit for having seen the previous movies because they didn't take a lot of time to set things up or introduce each character, or, you know, explain to you what's going on. They just jumped right into it, mm -hmm. and here it goes. And it was pretty much, there are a couple little, you know, silent parts, but for the most part, it was just a roller coaster ride through the whole thing. And I agree that, you know, every character kind of got his due, again, especially Thor. I thought the whole relationship, actually, between Thor and Rocket, or Rabbit, one of the two. <laughs> it was really great. And I, it was almost like an old Bob Hope, Bing Crosby road picture. You know, it's like, here they are going off on, you know, on a trip. They went to an asteroid instead of Bali or somewhere. Yeah. But uh, no, I thought, you know, the interaction between those two were, were, was really good. And uh, I thought, you know, Thor's return to Earth and jumping into the action at the end was just like, he basically outshined everyone, I think, at that point. Um, just kicked royal butt. But as far as the other characters, you know, Spider-Man has some great uh, scenes. Right. In fact, I had read that uh, that uh, Tom Holland at the end actually ad-libbed, spoiler, Spider-Man's death. Right. Yeah. Know, which was that too. probably the most heart-wrenching of all of them. Because mm -hmm. um, a lot of them just kind of like, I'm going to fade. You know, it wasn't really right. a big reaction except for like Samuel L. Jackson at the end. But um, but Peter Parker, and I think a lot of it had to do with his spider sense, mm -hmm. kind of felt, because at first he's like, I don't feel very good. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of realized what was going on. And then he basically panicked. You know, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, and holding on to Tony Stark and all that. So I think... I think that was really important, though, because his death, I think, out of everyone's, is going to affect Tony Stark going forward. Yeah. Because, right. you know, he was mentoring Peter and he was, you know, bringing him along. And it was his fault that he pulled him out in Civil War to begin with and then, you know, got him out into, into space and then involved in the entire battle in this one. So um, I think he's going to take it really hard. So it'll be interesting to see since he survived, what he's going to be like in the second film. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I don't know if you guys uh, want to discuss it, but if you were Doctor Strange, would you have given up the Time Stone to save Tony Stark? And I'm figuring 
when he looked at the 14 million and five different scenarios and saw the one where they actually won, mm-hmm. it's got to have something to do with Stark. Yeah. And so, you know, he felt it was important to save him at that point. But it's, I don't know. I mean, do, do you get the same It's kind of like what Doctor Strange, he had to do it. That that was the only way that he saw. Uh, I think for me, I love Captain America in, in these movies. I uh, agree with you guys, the, the beats with Spider-Man and Tony, their relationship. Um, Thor, uh, I really like what they did in Ragnarok and that they lightened Thor up a little, but they still gave Thor his, uh, you know, godlike presence and powers and all that. But Cap summed up, you know, not just this movie, but, you know, the experience by... The last words that Cap said, oh, my God. You know, uh, one of the things that struck me was of all the deaths. And again, you know, we can't say spoiler alert enough. um, The original Avengers were left intact. And so going into four, there's a lot of, you know, we know we're not the only podcast out there. We know we don't have the only, you know, theories uh uh, that are relevant to this movie, but with with the next Infinity uh, or, or Avengers movie, what will they have to sacrifice to make things right? Uh, I, I think Marvel doesn't do anything by accident. I think the Avengers, the original core Avengers, were left intact for a reason. Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think uh, everybody knows that Spider-Man has a movie coming out after the next Avengers and you know there are other characters that are going to carry on that basically passed away so there's they're going to bring them back somehow but mm-hmm. I think they're going to have to figure out and I think they already shot it so they probably already did figure it out but they're going to have to do it in a way that doesn't cheapen this entire movie because if they uh, if they just you know get the Infinity Gauntlet snap their fingers and everybody comes back then that basically cheapens everyone's death in this film. And I think, you know, I think one way or the other, all the characters that dissolved will be coming back. But I still think that Heimdall, Loki, and... Um, Gamora. Gamora, yeah, would definitely... They may be gone. Well, I wonder if Loki is actually dead. Because it was very uncharacteristic of him, the way he went out... We know he's a master of illusions. Um, I don't know. It, it just was ridiculous that he would try a frontal attack like that on Thanos. Basically, he pulled a knife on Thanos. It just yeah. it made no no sense whatsoever. So I I kind of wonder if he might have done something, some kind of spell, and might still be out there. Um, and be plotting against Thanos on some level. That would be that would to me that would be really, uh, really like something he would do. To I mean, he fooled Thor back right. in Dark Dark World. I mean, Thor had his hands all over Loki. Oh, my brother, you're you right. know so valiant and all this other stuff. And he basically you know pulled a fast one there. So yeah. I don't know that I totally count. Loki out, but I yeah I agree that um, 
Gamora maybe could come back from the soul world. Uh, we'll see. Maybe there has to be a trade of another soul for a soul. Um, but I do think, yeah, that, that there will have to be a price paid. It seems like uh, Stark and Cap are probably the ones that have to do it. Plus, we know that contracts are coming up. Chris Evans doesn't uh, is ready to leave the Marvel Universe, so I could see uh, Cap making the ultimate sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, the whole thing with uh, Doctor Strange, you know, he obviously foresaw that. Uh, Stark had to survive in order for them to overcome Thanos. So I agree that it would be cheap if they just rewound time, got the gauntlet or, you know, snapped their fingers and and undid everything. I'm wondering if something, if there's something involving Ant-Man and his, um, I don't know, what what, what was it, the quantum universe or whatever, when Mm -hmm. you get so small, uh, you know, that the, kind of the rules of physics no longer apply. Uh, maybe there's something with time travel there or, or something that they can do. But obviously Tony is the key to resolving this thing because we know Strange said, I, you know, I wouldn't save your life or the kid's life or whatever to, you know, and give up the stone. Liar. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, that's interesting, the the whole thing with Loki. I've, I've heard... Uh... You know, people talk a lot about Gamora and how they're going to bring Gamora back. Different ideas on how. I don't know if they are or are not, you know, what's going to happen with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, and Thor said, well, you know, he's died before, so I don't know. But I, I think this one's pretty permanent. Um, let me ask you guys this. What was the, uh, well, no, I guess Spider-Man was the biggest gut punch as far as uh, dusty deaths. Uh, them turning into dust, but of the three, like, physical deaths, uh, which one kind of caught you by surprise, Loki, Hamdol, or Gamora? Bob, go to you first. Well, I know everybody's calling shenanigans on Loki, but uh, mm-hmm. it was definitely, you know, it was it was a surprise, especially so early in the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Heimdall was definitely a surprise as well. Yeah. Although, I guess Idris Elba has, like, tons of roles coming up, so it's not as surprising mm-hmm. but um, I don't know for some reason I didn't really feel Gamora's death you know like I wasn't really you could uh, maybe because they kind of like foreshadowed it and led up to it and then you kind of knew it was coming but um, or maybe I was just too captivated by the return of the Red Skull but yeah yeah um, but yeah I mean I would think you know I guess I would guess Loki you know, as far as the actual physical deaths. Gotcha. What about you, Karen? Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think Loki, um, Tom Hiddleston's done such a great job with that character, making you both, you know, despise him and love him at the same time. Right. Uh, he's given him such a strong personality that uh, uh, it, was, it was tough to see him dismissed so quickly um, in this film. And after Ragnarok, he, it seemed like they were sort of moving him a little bit more towards redemption, although it's always mm. hard to tell with Loki. So. Right, right. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, it was it, that was tough to see that whole kind of neck snap thing. Well, I, I agree with you guys. Um, it, was, it was fast, you know. It was, it was like right there, bam. And, and I'm with Bob with Gamora. You know, I, I, 
the first Cap movie, him him kissing Peggy goodbye and that whole conversation before he took the plane down. Oh my god! I, I watch it now and I still uh, I still <laughs> shed a tear. Um, let me ask you guys this: we we kind of referred to uh, the Asgardians and and what happened in Ragnarok. In this film, we we know that Ant Man. Uh, was in house arrest because he has a movie coming up. Uh, uh, they they talked about uh, Hawkeye. Uh, where was the Valkyrie? I mean, well, uh, go ahead. What Mark. what I had heard was that the uh, Russo brothers, the directors, said that um, she actually led a group of Asgardians away in escape pods. So supposedly she's still out there. Hmm. Well, that also, yeah, go, they, that they also goes for, that. was it Grog? Grog or whatever his name was, the, oh. the rock guy? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Korg? Korg. Korg, yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, supposedly he was with them or something. So people were asking them, I guess, in an interview what happened to those characters, and that's what they were saying. But oh. but really, you know, the, you have to look at the timeline, too, because supposedly Ant-Man and the Wasp, that movie takes place before Infinity War. Oh, really? And Captain Marvel who is teased at the end, mm-hmm. her movie that's coming out later this year takes place back in the 90s. So how that's going to tie in with all this, who knows? But like Nick Fury, I guess, is in it, and uh, Agent Coulson I think Captain Marvel's it, so. next year. Next year? I thought it was the end of this I, year. I might be. Yeah, I think it's the end of this year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, let me ask you guys this. It's interesting because it's like, oh, well, Korg was, you know, doing this. And it kind of reminds me of Space Seed when Chekhov's like, oh, Jesus Christ, we're on the Botany Bay. Come on, Captain, <laughs> let's go. And it's like, wait a minute. Where was Chekhov in the episode Space Seed? Oh, he was, you know, had space flu and uh, was in his quarters, uh, you know. Now, did you ever hear Ricardo Maltabon's explanation of that? What was that? He said that uh, Chekhov was in the bathroom. <laughs> and, you know. Khan had to go, and he was knocking on the door. And Chekhov <laughs> finally came out, and he's, "Oh, it's you." <laughs> and that's where he remembered him from. But that's pretty good. Um, let me ask you guys then. So, um, as far as you know, Thor had a great moment. Iron Man. Uh, they all had great moments, and, and Karen kind of said, leading into this, uh, she wishes there was just more time for some of the characters. Uh, Karen, what what was one of the characters that you wish would have had you know more screen time and or interaction with another character? I, I thought it was great putting Doctor Strange and and uh, Iron Man uh, to play off of each other. We've never seen those two actors before, and I, that, that was a really great way to kind of kick things into motion, at least for me. Uh, Karen, what, what what would you say? Well, yeah, I so before I answer your question, I want to agree with you. I think that was one of the best pairings because it was so um they were so similar in mm. being such egotistical guys. Right. that they just ground against each other and and there were so many great lines between those guys. I really um enjoyed watching Stark meet somebody who uh just would not take his crap. And, you know, Tony's changed a lot over over the years, which is one of the things that makes watching these movies fun, you know, because he's gone from being like a totally selfish jerk 
to still being kind of this egotistical guy, but now he's, you know, he's kind of wear, bearing the weight of the world on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there was that great line where, you know, he's saying to, to Dr. Strange, well, you, you know, what are you doing other than, like, making balloon animals? And <laughs> Strange says, protecting your reality, douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that was just perfect. Um, so, yeah, that was a great pairing, and they were smart that they didn't just pair people who were going to get along with each other. You know, they had a lot of conflict, so that was perfect. Mm-hmm. I think the person I really wanted to see more from, you know, I'm a big Captain America fan, so yeah. I I missed, you know, Cap had a few moments, but he didn't really get a lot. Now, maybe I'm, I'm suspecting in, a, in the next film he will get his his spotlight, you know, um, so that's, that's fine. Um, I, my concern was, you know, going into this movie, like, oh, he's going to get killed and then, you know, he won't have had much to do in this movie, but obviously, you know, spoiler, he makes it through. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was kind of like saying, well, when is, you know, when's Cap going to get a great moment? When are we going to hear about what's been going on with Cap and Falcon and blah, blah, blah. Um, so, you know, and of course Hulk basically turns into a big chicken and disappears. So we don't get to see Hulk. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm guessing that this may lead to a version of sort of smart Hulk, maybe in the next film. Uh, maybe he and Banner will sort of merge a little bit more. Um, so those were kind of two things I, I felt were a little missing. I, it was hard to buy Hulk completely chickening out after getting his butt whooped. But, right. uh, yeah, for me, that was kind of the, the two things I, I missed. Okay, cool. Uh, what, what do you got to say, Bob? Well, I agree about the Hulk. We need more Hulk. <laughs> but I had read, actually, where uh, Kevin Feige was saying that uh, Thor Ragnarok, Infinity War, and the next Avengers movie is a whole Hulk arc. So I figure he's going to play pretty prominently in the next film. Uh, I guess Marvel doesn't have the rights to do a standalone Hulk movie mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. still lies with Universal or whoever. And so this is their way of of developing his characters through these three movies. But, yeah, I agree. It was cool seeing... Uh, you know, Tony Stark and, and Doctor Strange going back and forth. And you got to consider those are probably the two best actors of the cast. So yeah. having them together and, and playing off each other was definitely a good idea. Um, and you also had, you know, he had also has the relationship with, with Peter Parker. So, and he and Tom Holland seemed to get, get along pretty well on screen. So that was, uh, that was good as well. So, uh, but I think, if there's something that I'd want to see more of, yeah, I probably have to agree. Probably Cap. Um, and there's the whole kind of he has this like brief reunion with Bucky, but of course we had all the Cap Bucky stuff in Civil War. But uh, you know, you think they have a little more to say to each other, a little more to do because they really haven't explained much about about uh, the Winter Soldier, you know, other than mm-hmm. at the end of. Uh, the last movie he came out at the end of Black Panther, he came out of a hut. Yeah. And there he is. And then in this one, he gets an arm and, hey, Cap, I'm back. And that was really it. There's no explanation exactly, you know, what was his journey? What did he go through? What did he, how did he come back? Because his mind was pretty scrambled at the end of, right. Uh, right. of Civil War. So it's like, okay, how did they, 
I know Shuri probably did some I was gonna know, say that scientific Wakanda stuff science. on him, you know, yeah. that Wakanda science. But, you know, what did she do or what did they do? Right. What, hey, what brought him back? What, she fixes you know, white boys. I mean, you know, she <laughs> because he seems to be pretty level-headed during this movie. Hmm. And we, we kind of don't get to see that with a number of things. Like the Vision and Wanda are obviously like deep in a relationship Whereas the last time we saw them, they were sort of starting to feel each other out, like, oh, you know, we might be interested in each other. (laughs) Well, hey, I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, And, you know, there's a number of things like that. Like, I didn't really feel like uh, Peter Quill and Gamora were, by the end of Guardians 2, they were starting to have a relationship, it seemed like. But here they're like full on, oh, you're the love of my life kind of thing. And so there's a lot of things where you have to kind of mentally fill in like, oh, okay, I guess a lot has happened. They are very much deeply in love with each other. And, you know, it's like, okay, I guess we can do that. But some of these things would have been nice to have seen, but there's just, there's no time for it, right? There's just nothing, you know, if you want to get onto this story, you kind of have to just move along. A couple of years have passed, you have to accept it and Conversely, though, we don't get to see anything with Banner and uh, Black Widow. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of like, oh, hey, hey, okay. Yeah, that, also, that all kind of went to the wayside. Even when she first sees him, when he comes walking in the room, and it's like he's back, and it's like not some big reunion or, you know, right. running up, giving him a hug, anything. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah. Bruce. It's just awkward, yeah. right. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean. It's always been funny, and I've talked to Walker about this over the years, and I, I'm not putting anyone down and being, you know, completely jokey. It's like we accept that there's a sequoia that talks and its name is Groot. <laughs> and there's this, you know, spaceship and this gauntlet, but it's the the, the love and the uh, interactions. It's it's like, I, I think it's one of the things that grounds the movie and it's it's relatable to us. We can let all the space stuff go away, but it's like, well, wait, you know, if I was dating the Vision, I... You know, maybe wouldn't have rushed in or, or stuff like that. It, it's just, it's interesting to me what we accept as like, oh, yeah, that's a, you know, infinity golly. Watch out for those gems. But it's the, the interactions and, and the human part of it that we're kind of like, I don't know. We could have had, um, you know, a little bit more, a little bit of this. Um, let me ask you guys this, though, talking about that. How was the film lengthwise? Could you have gone through another half hour, 45 minutes, if they would have developed those beats between... Vision and, and Scarlet Witch and, and addressed Banner and, and Natasha's uh, reunion. Uh, Bob, what would you... Well, uh, on, on one hand, I thought the movie went by fast. Really? It was a good pace. I okay. thought it was, it was good. It was fine. You know, it was like two and a half hours or whatever. And, you know, it didn't bog down. And, you know, I wasn't shifting in my seat too much. <laughs> so I think the length was fine. And I think what they did was fine. And if they extended the movie with the same tone, that would be fine. Mm-hmm. If they extended the movie by slowing it down to have certain scenes in there, then maybe not. Well, like, for example, you know, uh, Peter and and Tony, they had that great, you know, goodbye moment. They had interactions, you know, mm-hmm. leading up to that. What if they would have gave another five minutes to Bucky and, and Cap, you know, to... to well, again, if, you know, they did it, the way they did the others and you didn't break the pace of the film, mm-hmm. then sure. You'd yeah. be good with that. Yeah. Walker? 
Yeah, I think I think you know Bob's spot on. Uh, it's all about pacing, and you know we'd love to see all these things again. It was like a you know before seeing the movie, I was uh, talking with somebody, and we were talking about um, how's he gonna how's Thanos gonna get the the stone from Xandar? Maybe that's how the movie will open. Well, mm. you know, as it turns out, they didn't need to. Right. show him fighting the Nova Corps, right? We just hear, we get some exposition about, oh yeah, he, he wiped out the Nova Corps and he took the stone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of you says, oh, that would be really cool to see. But then, you know, do you need five to ten minutes of that in the movie? Probably not. So that all these things we're talking about, you know, it's like, yeah, it'd be great to have it. But it's almost like, well, you almost have to have another movie in between this and you know, civil war to like, Hey, here's the stuff that happened between these things. You know, it's like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. It it would be interesting if in the next movie or in the Captain Marvel movie, they kind of touch on that, uh, either through time travel or a backflash or whatever, what happened on Xandar with the coming of Thanos. Um, one of the things that kind of struck me, Thanos, uh, kind of had some qualities of Galactus. You know, when I read the books, I never got the feeling that, oh my God, Thanos is coming to our planet. It was like, oh my God, it's Galactus. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, this, that, and the other would, would happen. So let me let me put this out there then. You know, everyone's talking about the merger and, and uh, Disney getting to play with uh, the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and stuff like that. If you guys could have brought in uh, a Wolverine or a Ben Grimm into this movie, uh, which one of those characters would you have uh, brought in? Uh, e- even if just like for a five-minute setup for the next film or the Captain Marvel movie or or whatever. For myself, I would have loved to have seen this like, you know, Thanos pissed off Galactus moment and Galactus is on his way to have a, a confrontation or a you know, whatever with Thanos. That that would have been like, for me, like, even the, like the ending, you know, the little uh, after the credit scenes, that would have been fantastic. Yeah. There was a rumor going around that the Silver Surfer was going to be seen oh, uh, briefly. Yeah. I think oh. I would have, I would have liked to have seen that. That would have been Surfer. cool. But Oh, yeah. Well, he, he played such a key role in the comic. Oh, Infinity okay. Gauntlet. Right, right. And that was kind of taken by Bruce Banner. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah, it, it would be cool maybe as the as the end credits rolled and you get to that kind of scene at the end if suddenly Silver Surfer showed up, yeah. you know, and it's like, oh, cool. But again, you know, it's like, do they have to assume that you saw that really bad Fantastic Four movie with a Silver Surfer in it? Or assume <laughs> that you just know who the Silver Surfer is? Or do they have to go into a whole thing to introduce him, you know? Well, see, I, I'm of the opinion with really bad uh, Fantastic Four movie. I was thinking about the last one. Well, that was like the worst uh, of the worst. Because that made the Silver Surfer look like, wow, that really was a good movie. Um, oh, that made the Roger Corman one look like a good movie. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. You know, I, we don't have time in this podcast, but I have a great, great Roger Corman Fantastic Four um, I, I think I know what story you're thinking of. Oh, my God. It, it makes me laugh to this I, moment. I know. Um, and that's a great little teaser uh, for you guys listening into Planet 8. Uh, as long as you guys listen, we'll be doing this um, 
as as often as we can. Um, I'm going to ask uh, Bob and Karen one more question before we start tying things up. Leading into the next movie, um, premonitions. What what do you think? Uh, what would be a good opening scene? Uh, I'm going to put it over to Walker and then uh, Bob pick up on that, and then we'll 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 see what you guys say. Wow. Okay, you threw me for a little loop here. Um, I I think maybe maybe we showed Doctor Strange maybe when he was looking at all those different times, you know, exploring different avenues to beat Thanos. What if he was actually time traveling himself, and what if he planted some sort of seed in the past? Um, right. to to lead to success. And I know the, that the Russo brothers were saying, oh, you know, Hawkeye is going to be on a special mission. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye has something very important to do. Now that could be total BS. I don't know. Um, but what if he, I don't know, what if he went back in time and and gave Hawkeye some sort of special mission to do? And right. I, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking, what if he went back? Like, we know they filmed some things, some scenes, um, that took place during the original Avengers film. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering if we would see something where he would, Dr. Strange would go actually go back in time and entrust Hawkeye with something. Cause Hawkeye's totally out of the bat, both battles. He's not involved. Right. Um, so maybe he would do something like that, but I don't know. I'm I'm wondering if the next movie will be, um, titled, uh, Avengers Endgame. Ooh, uh, that would be pretty cool. That's that's that is all I got to say about that. Yeah, that that's enough. That's that's good. And uh, Karen drops the mic. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, I I would actually want to see. I mean, this one picked up like right where Thor Ragnarok left off. Boom! Right into it. Right. I'm thinking the next one, maybe, don't start it right at the end of this one. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little time has passed, and the remaining heroes have had time to think about what had happened. Maybe start dealing with their grief and whatever. Maybe they started formulating some kind of plan. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, obviously, Doctor Strange and and Tony Stark are key to this whole thing. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what. Stark cooks up basically and we're also going to have to see how Bruce Banner reconciles everything with the Hulk and right. gets him to come out and play uh, that'd be cool um, I'm, I'm thinking Tony's on Titan right now and if memory serves everybody disappeared right uh, Nebula. Nebula. Nebula Nebula is still with him and Nebula's she knows how to him. run all those spaceships right so she could shuttle right. him back to Earth so uh, there, there you go. So although I, I, I did hear that Nebula may be one of the villains in the next film, <gasps> yeah, based on things that happen in the comics and that. Dun dun. So dun. you know, will she be so quick to help? Okay. Well, hey, um, this kind of brings us to a close of this portion of the podcast. Um, it's now time for the censor sweep. Uh, This is where we bring your attention to one of the latest and greatest products 
that that have come across uh, our sensor sweep. And I'm going to throw this over to Walker to let us know what treasure has been found. Did you find one of the Infinity Stones? I, I don't... Uh... You know, that would have been really, really special. But I found something almost as good. This is very exciting, especially if you are a fan of Planet of the Apes. And who isn't? Oh, Anyone yes. in their in their right mind is. Um, so uh, there is a, a fantastic company called Mondo. Yes. M-O-N-D-O. I assume most people listening probably knows about Mondo. So uh, Mondo uh, frequently offers uh, tiki mugs. And uh, just recently, they put together a tiki mug of the lawgiver from Planet of the Apes. Mm. And, <laughs> and everyone loves the lawgiver. Praise the lawgiver. Uh, this 18-ounce ceramic handcrafted mug came in four different glazes. And, and uh, this includes a sandstone, a blue or liberty color, bone, and the special bloody Lawgiver, the lawgiver bleeds. Now, I checked the site, and uh, if you go to Mondo Tees, Mondo T E E S dot com, you can still order the uh, sandstone and the uh, blue Liberty mug. Mm. Uh, And, you know, check out eBay. You might be able to find them there. There's also going to be a fifth version with a special brown glaze that's only available through the uh, Alamo Draft House. And these are really sharp looking mugs. I have to say, yeah. um, I'll, I, there we'll post a picture on the, uh, the uh, blog, which, uh, commander Larry will give you the information, how to find us, yes. uh, on the blog, Twitter and Facebook in a moment. Um, but these are really sharp looking mugs of the, the lawgiver. Uh, these are from Tiki Farm, and you know Tiki Farm produces high quality uh, products. Oh, yeah. So, For so check it now. out. Yeah, check it out, folks. Uh, if you need a, a tiki mug, if you love Planet of the Apes, this is this is definitely for you. Yes, thank you, Karen. This is actually one of the instances where I think all three of us have a version of the mug, the uh, the lawgiver with the blood. Uh, was it fifty? that were made Karen or was it like 150 yeah that one was limited that one's sold out now Bob so might know how many because Bob well, has... I don't know how many but I did get that one so um, yeah I do I, have, mean, I have the bloody log- lawgiver that and, one was uh, 225 225 pieces yeah I don't know if they numbered those or not I'd have to go back and look it's but oh I don't know if it's numbered or not I know the the general ones are. I think yeah. they were 500 each I tell you what you listeners go to that website mondotees.com and you can uh, let us know when you post on a Facebook and or Twitter page um, and if you get a chance Mondo doesn't just do the POTA uh, they've done Alien Iron Giant and they have all kinds of stuff that they sell too it's not just tiki mugs um, but you know, we have one of the finest tiki bars here on planet eight. And so, uh, we, uh, we are interested in, in, uh, tiki as a side hobby. Hey, look, well, you, we got to have something to do on planet eight. It's, it's pretty lonely. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Hey, look, you've been on this planet as long as we have, y- you have to do something to, to alleviate, uh, the monotony. Well, I know my, uh, my bloody lawgiver is sitting you know, very proudly next to my uh, General Ursus from uh, Boutique. Boutique. That, uh, 
They do some great stuff, too. Another and, uh, fine, fine, yeah. You've got two apes so far. <laughs> so uh, hopefully we've got some more coming. What, what we'll do is we'll go ahead and post uh, pictures of, of where our uh, POTA mug, Lawgiver mug, is in our, uh, in, in our collection. Um, look, I, I want to thank every one of you guys for listening and tuning into this. Um, this is going to conclude this transmission, our inaugural, inaugural transmission of Planet The first. Eight. The first of hopefully many. Unarguable. Unarguable. <laughs> we would like to thank all of you intergalactic listeners and uh, audience for being there and listening to us, giving us feedback, and uh, joining the conversation with us. On our website, www.planetthenumber8, so it's, you know, the 8podcast.blogspot.com. Again, that's www.planet8podcast.blogspot.com, where you can get more on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast or on Facebook at facebook.com. Planet 8 podcast. Kids, we look forward to your input and opinions. And until next time, this is Planet 8 signing off and transmission. Yeah.